Hallelujah. Amen. Shall we stand this evening as we go to the word of the Lord? Thank you, singers and musicians. Thank you, Brother Jeremy. Great word. Amen. Book of Ephesians chapter 6. Beginning with verse 15, this will be part 3. And I have condensed, I have whittled, I have done everything I could to get all my information in in a timely manner. I realize the time, and if you'll give me about 20 minutes, I may take more, but just give me 20. Ephesians 6 and 15. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Amen. Part 3 of the responsibility of the righteous. Lord bless you as you're seated today. Amen. If you remember me speaking about the armor of God, oftentimes I'll use myself as an example. Uh, when, when a preacher would preach this or I would read this, I literally would ask, how do I put on this armor? Is it something that every day I have to ask God to put on? And is it, I just, I began to make this a more complicated subject than what the writer intended for it to be. Uh, this the armor of God are attributes that we should possess. It's not something you have to wake up every day and say, okay, Lord, I need this and I need this and I need this. That's out of context. These are spiritual attributes, things that, that, that in your daily walk with God you need to exhibit, you need to display, you need to possess. So the third piece of armor that I uh, will mention tonight is uh, the, the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace simply means the good news of peace. Uh, there must be a readiness about the believer. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you have the peace of God, then there has to be a readiness in our hearts and our minds to impart peace into someone's life to impart peace into someone's troubled situation. Amen. The Society of International Law in London states that during the last 4,000 years, there have been only 268 years of peace in spite of good peace treaties. In the last three centuries, there have been 286 wars on the continent of Europe alone. I want you to know tonight that the world is void of peace. In fact, Bible says and tells us that when they start saying peace, peace, prepare yourself because tribulation such as the world has never seen will come upon this world. My friend, this you 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 walk in this world and you live in this world, one thing that you'll search for all day long is peace. Now the world will offer false peace. They'll offer it through a bottle. They'll offer it through a pill. They'll offer it through promiscuity and friends that are not living for God, and, and you can name it. But that is a fleeting 
momentary euphoria. That is not peace. And in, in, in our own life, carnal our carnal nature does not contain peace. It's void of peace. Bible says man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. You just keep living according to this world and you're not going to find peace. It's part of the carnal nature. But I can tell you this. This world may not have peace. And this humanity, this carnal nature may not have peace. But Isaiah 9 and 6 declares, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. My friend, Jesus Christ doesn't have to go get peace. He is peace. And the world can't take it away. This is what he says in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The peace of God is the peace that passes all understanding. When you get a diagnosis that you don't understand, peace steps in and it supersedes your understanding. When you're looking at an empty bank account and you're saying, God, I don't know how this is going to work out, peace steps in and supersedes your understanding. My friend, when you came to an altar and you repented of your sins and you got the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name, God put a peace in you that passes all understanding and that peace the world can't take it away remember this we are ambassadors we are representatives of Christ to a lost world so when they see you they should see him When you go into a store, let's just say McDonald's, the way you know they represent McDonald's is their appearance. Their appearance. You can't say appearance doesn't matter because when you see them, you see McDonald's. When you go into Walmart, I think they still wear the vest. They used to wear the vest. But when you looked at them, you didn't see them. You saw Walmart. The blue shirts confused me when they all had to wear blue shirts because a lot of people wear blue shirts. They went back to the vest because they wanted, when you saw that person, you had to see the totality. My friend, when the world looks at us, you can't tell me appearance doesn't matter. But let me tell you what matters more than appearance is conduct and spirit because you can look it out here, but if they don't see the conduct and the love of Christ, then they're not seeing him. It matters. We are ambassadors. We have to represent Christ. So here's what confuses people. I may be longer than 20 minutes. I'm sorry. Sounded good when I said it. God forgive me. Here's what confuses people. Is when what you say and what you do 
contradicts who you serve. It's confusion. And God's not the author of confusion. Because that's what, that's what leads people to start saying, well, if that's how you act at that church. See, they associate the church with you. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna set the plow just a little bit, okay? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dig too deep, but I gotta I gotta hit some things while we're on the gospel of peace. It says three things: feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. Feet in the word of God is indicative of authority. So he's saying you have authority when you get the Holy Ghost to present peace into situations. Preparation is indicative of readiness. So you must be ready to act upon the authority that you have to impart peace into someone's life, into someone's situation. The, the world is looking for peace. Why do you think everybody's signing peace treaties everywhere? It's because the world's trying to figure out how can we stop the madness? Can't stop it. Can't stop it. When they think they figured it out, it's going to multiply to the extent that they've never seen it before. So how do they find peace? They have to find someone who's got peace in them through the Spirit of God. You can't go and you can't lay a hand on something and say, this is peace right here. You can't. Peace is not tangible, but it can be displayed and imparted by the power of the Holy Ghost. And it's going to be done through you. So watch this. This is what Jesus said, Matthew 5 and 9. Blessed are the peacemakers. So who shall be called the children of God? The peacemakers. For they shall be called the children of God. It did not say peacekeepers. It said the ones who will make peace, which means there's a readiness in them to defuse a situation, to help ease someone's spirit. You know, some people are what they call non-confrontational. I'm not one of those, okay? I've never ran from confrontation. I don't mind confrontation. doesn't bother me. Because I believe that God can use me to impart peace into confrontation. Just because someone is, is, is confrontational doesn't mean they're looking for a fight. You could be confrontational and be looking for a solution. That's what, if, if I impart confrontation, remember this. You can turn confrontation into conversation by your spirit. You can transform a confrontation and you insert that peace of God that you have, that Holy Ghost that you have, and you can transform a confrontation into simply a conversation and change the whole dynamics of everything. Now, you have to be willing to do that. If someone, on the, if the other person is just ticked off and mad and they're just sitting there giving you the what for, that old, that old man, start pushing them nails out that coffin. Y'all know I'm telling you the truth. 
So that's when you have to say, okay, I've got to choose to make peace. And you've got to put that hammer on them nails. Leave that old man buried. I don't care how mad they get. They can be spitting at you, pointing fingers at you. You have to choose which way you're going to respond, and you can turn that confrontation into a conversation by the peace of the Holy Ghost, and you can defuse everything. Remember this. People will respond any way you want them to respond with two things, either a smile or with tears. They'll respond. They'll respond. You just have to choose to do that. You start feeling that old man bow up, that's a sign. That's a sign that you've got to keep that thing on the altar. You've got to keep it on the altar, that old man on the altar. I remember, I don't know if he ever preached here. There was an elder minister named Brother Alan Oggs. Anybody ever heard of Brother Alan Oggs? Had several palsy, but God used him for years and years and years. He, 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 I think he died still preaching the gospel as an evangelist. But I remember this, him telling the story of a man that walked in his office, and he was mad, he was upset, and he was ready to leave his wife. It was, it was bad. And he was just going on and on and on. Brother Oggs got up from his chair, walked around his desk, went and locked the door. He said, Brother, we're not going to leave here until we pray through and God gives us an answer. And they both got on their knees and they began to cry and they began to reach out to God and begin to pray. And by the time it was all said and done, that man's total spirit has changed and he didn't divorce his wife and because and, and, God took care. See, you got to choose to infuse and impart peace into troubled situations. You can do it. How many times has someone come up to you or called you and they were just doing that right there? I mean, they were running that like, like the Energizer Bunny. you just sitting there waiting for them to catch a breath. And you got two options. Either you can let them keep stirring the pot or you can try to defuse the situation. You, got, you can choose how to respond. Either you're going to just Keep stirring with them. Here, let me take a turn, brother. Y'all know I'm telling you the truth. And nobody's wanting to look anywhere in this building right now except front. Or you can choose to defuse it. Change the subject. You got a choice. I want you to ask yourself, what am I making? Are my words and my actions making things worse or making things better? You have to ask yourself that. If, 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 is my response being spirit-led or flesh-led? Because you know, you know everybody likes a good bit of gossip. Everybody knows because negative, I could, I could sit here and say right now, 
We just prayed three people through the Holy Ghost and baptized them in Jesus' name. One, a guy didn't have an arm. It appeared out of nowhere. Blinded eyes were open. And nobody would spread that. Right here. Very few of them would spread it. Okay? But you let somebody say they had three guys getting a fight at the altar. One guy chopped off somebody's arm and blinded somebody with his, eye, with his fingers. That'd be on a UPC headline by tomorrow. That's how we're wired. So you have to choose to make peace. This is what God God hates in Proverbs 6, 18, one of the seven things. Feet that be swift in running to mischief. That doesn't mean physically you're going to run to mischief. There may have been a day where that's how they communicated. But, you know, you can run to mischief like this. You can run to mischief on that phone. On a tablet, I've said it before, people have learned to tame their tongues, but they forgot to tame their fingers. But it's the same spirit behind it. It's, it caused division in the body of Christ. It causes division outside of the body of Christ with people. And so you have to choose. This is why James said, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, Slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. When you respond out of anger, my mom used to say, the only way I could whip was I had to whip y'all mad, because if I didn't whip then, y'all wasn't going to get a whipping. You parents know I'm telling you the truth. When you respond in wrath, it's usually filled with regret. Filled with regret. When you let it come out right here, there's been times it come out, and while I'm, it's in mid-sentence, I'm going, stop, 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 stop. Too late. It's gone. Damage is done. And you know how it is when you start getting mad at your spouse or mad at somebody close. What happens is you keep a list of ammo, things that you can use about their mama or their family. <laughs> y'all know I'm telling y'all the truth. You Look, you tuck that away, and you act like it's no big deal. But you let the right circumstance happen, it's going to unlock that vault. Doop, 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 doop. And in one at a time, all those things you've been holding, you're just going to start slinging them because you're doing it out of wrath. And what happens is when you open your vault, and you start talking about their family or what you don't like about them, they're going to go over there to their vault. Doop, 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 doop. All right? And they're going to start slinging. Y'all laughing because I know, I know this happens. All those things that you let slide. You didn't say nothing at Thanksgiving. You didn't say anything at Christmas. Oh, baby, that's no big deal. No. And when the time's right, you just start you just start murdering because you do it out of wrath. And the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. 
So instead of storing that stuff away, you got to bury it. I'm preaching to me. You got to bury it because if you allow yourself, those moments will come where you're vulnerable. Those moments will come where you're mad. And if you're keeping a vault full of stuff, then the wrath of man is not going to work the righteousness of God in you. Amen. So this is what the Bible says. Romans 14, 19. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. It falls upon us to be peacemakers. Make peace. When a situation arises, don't rip the scab off of an old wound. I know a man right now who was going through a very difficult time in his marriage. And, and God was helping them stay together, work things out. And it was about every four or five, six months, there was a certain lady in the church that would text or call that one lady and just stir up the pot and rip that scab off. That's not godly. That's not Christ-like. That's, that's not how you should treat someone who's especially a brother or sister in Christ. You ought to edify. You ought to strengthen. Let me ask you this. If you can't get strength from this body of believers right here, you're not going to get strength out in that world. It has to come from people of like precious faith. What's the Bible say? Bear ye one another's burdens. There's some people I've seen, they kicked them while they're down. They didn't want to bear their burdens. And I've, I've said this before and i say it again. We ought not have mercy on just people who sin like us. See, we have a lot of judgment on people that sin different than us. And we have mercy that people that sin like us. You ought to have mercy on everybody. Considering yourself, lest you fall. First mm -mm. Peter 3.11, let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it or pursue it. You, peace is not going to find you. You've got to seek out peace. You've got the Holy Ghost. Now you've got to see how to implement that peace. You, you've got to, you've got to, Help people. When you help people, you help people. Now, remember this. Hurt people hurt people. Hurt people don't help people. They usually hurt people. What I know about hurt people is this. They want other people to hurt like they are. So they will do things subconsciously or intentionally because they want that person to feel like they feel, which means they'll say things, they'll do things, and all they're wanting is to jab them because they're tired of hurting by themselves. If you're hurting and operating like that, you're not operating as God intended children of God to operate. You have got to put that on an altar and say, I want to. Remember this, you reap what you sow. So if you're stirring the pot all the time, 
and you're sowing discord all the time, there will come a time in your family where people's going to stir your pot and they're going to sow discord in your family because that's what you sow and you're going to have to reap it. But if you sow peace, you'll reap peace. When I say that, this is what I mean, okay? If you hear about Brother XYZ right here and you just sit there and just start bashing and throwing stones and stirring pot about him over here, then when it comes time somebody hears about you, they're going to bash and they're going to stir the pot about you. But if you hear about Brother XYZ and you start imparting peace, then when it comes time somebody talk about you, somebody's going to impart peace into your situation because you reap what you sow. There has to be a readiness in your spirit to impart peace. You reap what you sow. There was a, there was a man years ago, who, a, a pastor, and I probably told the story. He was sitting he was sitting next to a bedside of a woman who was passing, and she was all drawn up. Her hands were drawn up. Her body was drawn up, and he's just sitting there looking at her. And when she passed, her hands just opened up. And the Lord was trying to speak with him. So when he left the hospital, he went to the church, and he's saying, God, I know you're trying to show me something. What is going on? What does this mean? He said, when she passed, she became like I wanted her to become and I want you to become. And that is live life with an open hand. He says, as long as she was in the world, she's doing this right here because she's trying to hold on to everything. That's indicative of control. And he said, he said, I made up my mind that day I was going to live life with an open hand. Because as long as it's closed, you're fighting God. But as long as it's open, God can put and God can remove just like you want him to. So the Lord said, I want you to pastor with an open hand. And he said, I'm going to remove people from your congregation, and I'm going to place people from your congregation. So two things happened that day. He made up his mind. He was going to give away something every day of his life. It could be a stick of gum. It could be buying somebody's meal. It could be a necktie. But he, he said, there were times I'd get home and I'd lay down at night, and I realized I didn't give something away. And I'd get dressed. He said, I'd go find someone, and I'd give them $5, or I'd give them something. He said, every day of my life, I made up my mind I was going to give something away. But the other thing that happened was this. Just a week or two after that, not long after that, one of his top members in the church, I say top members, a significant member in the church, came to them and said that they were leaving church, leaving congregation. And he said, while I'm sitting there, I felt, Everything within me, I felt my hands close up, and I was going to try to talk them into staying. He said, but I remember what the Lord said. you got to pastor with an open hand. He said, so I released them. He said, it wasn't long after that I got a call from the FBI. He said, and they wanted to know if this particular person attended my, ch my church. He said, and I was able to tell them that they do not attend my church. He said, had they attended my church, it was going to drag the whole church into this massive legal thing. He said, because God knows all things. And God, God showed me the power of an open hand and saved me from a lot of heartache. And because that man obeyed God, number one, it saved him from heartache. Number two, he made up his mind to give something away every day of his life. And now, years later, if you only knew all the things that was coming back to him, people come up to him, give him this, give him this, give him vacations, because he reaps what he sows. You want peace in your life? Sow peace. You can't just wake up and expect to, well, my life is going to be full of peace today. If you have not imparted peace, you will not reap peace.
you have to sow peace. Stand with me right now. I, I went about five minutes over. Musicians, come. While Satan is aggressively making war, we must be making peace. If we cannot sow peace, there's people in this church right now, if you only knew how torn they were, their minds, you can say, well, we've got the peace of the Holy Ghost. And I agree, we have it. I've been preaching that. But it never hurts for someone else to give an encouraging word. It never hurts for someone just to say, hey, I've been praying for you. I've been lifting you up. When you look at people, imagine right here across their forehead, everybody has two words across their forehead. Encourage me. Everybody. I've noticed there's plenty of discouragers. There's no shortage of people discouraging or pulling people down. But we have got to be shod, our feet. Everywhere we go, everywhere we step, I'm going to make peace. I'm going to make peace. I'm going to defuse the situation. You know what? There's value upon people on the job that can be peaceful. Nobody wants to have employees that all they're doing is griping and fighting, stirring up stuff. There's some people, they couldn't live if they didn't have drama. They wouldn't know what to do if they didn't have drama. I'm not one of those. I choose to make peace. Amen. Lift your hands all over the building right now. I want you to make up in your mind as they begin to sing. We're going to take just a moment. I want you to make up in your mind. I'm going to be a peacemaker. 